Hello, Antitrenders, and welcome to episode, insert number here. It's 40. Of the Anime Trending Podcast. Uh, my name is Mehdi, and I'll be your host today. I am joined by none other than... Uh, hello, it's James. I'm back. You thought you could get rid of me, but you couldn't. I have returned. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie, once again, hopping back and forth between Girl Taku and this main podcast. And I'm Nico, and I'm really excited to talk about some anime. <laughs> uh, oh, bad, bad news, bad news, Nick. We're not talking about anime today. Today we're um, going to be talking about uh, the socioeconomic impact of the Swiss cheese cartel oh, that existed in the mid-1900s. Oh, you're right. That's part of my new Italian-themed podcast uh, celebrating my heritage called Cheese Taku, uh, celebrating otakus who love cheese. <laughs> okay let me get back in line I'm in. in a trans mode all right yeah, we, we we can do cheese i'm okay with it i'm definitely going to be talking about some cheesy anime today so oh perfect yeah, exactly <laughs> oh my goodness all right i think we have a chart this week right it's the first week of charts yeah i, I thought you had oh i do have about. a thing Right. I was waiting for the intro of like, so how's everybody doing this week? I'll tell you what, as the editor, I was editing last week's podcast and it was great because it means I get to listen to what everybody says. Um, but it was very interesting hearing Gracie talk about her like anime workout while do like the exercising while doing anime because uh, on a totally unrelated, like I, this was my first time learning about it and it surprised me because, uh, the day that you all recorded was the day that my bike training stand arrived in the mail. So what my, yeah. So I wanted to do some exercise cause I don't want to be cooped up at home, but I also didn't want to like buy a stationary bicycle cause those cost money. Mm -hmm. And I already own a perfectly good regular bicycle. It's just that the roads outside of where I live are super dangerous. And my mother constantly thinks that if I go out for a bike ride, I'm going to get hit by a car and die. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I bought a bike stand, which you can mount your, my bicycle on and then kind of turn it into a stationary bike. And so despite the fact that I have not at all hurt, you know, I didn't hear what Gracie's exercise routine was. I was planning the exact same thing. <laughs> um, and so I finally got it set, set up the other day. And have now been cycling, except I'm outside, but I bring like a little, I bring my little tablet and I set it up on the, on the, on a little TV tray table and I watch cartoons while cycling. We can uh, be nice. buddies, James. We can be cycling buddies while watching anime. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to, I, I'm getting punished for having stopped cycling though, because, uh, I'm very sore. I've uh, been sitting, I sat on a bike seat for like an hour and a half cause I was watching three shows. And then by like an hour and 10 minute mark, my butt was not happy because bike seats are uncomfortable. This is great. Honestly, we're, we're getting fit and we're, you know, advocating for exercise and good health to our entire audience. Yeah. What, uh, real, real quick, what both of you recommend one show to watch one anime while, uh, biking Vanguard overdress because it is, it, it's, it, I, Okay. I don't like to, I don't I don't watch all of my shows while cycling because there are some shows that yeah. I think me constantly doing oh, I know exercise where this is going totally go, go, takes go me out of it. Uh, so 
I watch shows where the 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 point of it is not like deep character drama or like analysis of individuals or whatever. So for me, Overdress, even though it is one of the better adaptations of <laughs> like, Vanguard, Overdress is deep character drama. Yeah, but it's it's a card game anime. I know it's better than <laughs> you're not wrong. And and I I just want to say I thought you were going for this punchline to begin with, but you literally just said card games on motorcycles. I hope you realize. Oh no. <laughs> oh gosh yeah that's right card games on motorcycles uh catch me with my dual disc um or sorry dual runner if i remember correctly Yu-Gi-Oh 5ds that was coming out when i was like in high school i I had a subscription to shonen to to shonen jump which in america was uh, monthly uh and i read a bunch of that it was it was hype i was really sad when they transitioned to online because i was not internet savvy at that point uh, but now I am completely logged in and logged on and read my weekly updates every week on my tablet. Mm. Uh, right. So for me, pro- is I'm kind of the opposite of James. I, um, I exercise more intensely when it's anime that I'm really invested in and, uh, and my attention span is on because ironically when the anime is um, less interesting to me, I, it feels more like a chore trying to bicycle but when I'm watching something I'm intensely into, I don't realize anymore that my legs are cycling because I my, all my attention is on the anime. So, um, so actually, I cycled the best when I watched To Your Eternity, which is actually one of the funniest situations <laughs> because I was wrecked Crying in the first bicycle. episode. Yeah. And so imagine me literally cycling like crazy while sobbing to a laptop. And so... Um, my roommate was giving me weird looks for a reason, but um, but it works out for me because I just if I get bored, then I don't want to move. Is how is how I operate. So the less bored I am, the more willing I am to like physically move. <laughs> I I that agree. I agree that not interesting things can kind of take you out of it and make you focus on the like, ooh, I am cycling and my legs hurt. But I also take offense to the fact that. You're saying that implies that Cardfight Vanguard Overdress is not good or interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not what Tracy I'm trying to say. know. It's one of the two shows she's not watching this season. Yeah. Uh, as the rules always dictate. Yes. Yeah, I, I can imagine I would want to watch things that are like high octane or high action. Kind of like I want to listen to like EDM or rock music if I'm exercising or running, you know, because like I want to move to it. Yeah, I imagine yeah, yeah. the same would apply anime yeah, yeah and also um, i make noise when i exercise because i am out of shape and so i breathe heavily and the bike trainer also makes a little bit of noise so even with my like my little headphones in uh it's it's very difficult to pay attention to like slow quiet scenes when people are like whispering or there's very quiet background music because the whole time it's just me like panting and just like <laughs> you know kind of ruins the kind of ruins the mood so uh now that our impromptu perhaps permanent fitness segment is over uh let's move on to the chart check take it away jimbo all right let's start with a show that i don't bicycle to uh at number one uh so this is our week this is our week one uh spring anime charts and we're starting off strong with first place is higehiro Uh, after being rejected i shaved and took in a high school runaway uh second place is 86 86 Third place is To Your Eternity. Fourth place is Tokyo Revengers. Fifth place is My Hero Academia Season 5. How fitting. Season 5 is in fifth place. Uh, 
Um, sixth place is for Fruits Basket, the final season. Seventh place is for Vivi, Fluoride Eyes Song. Eighth place is Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Uh, ninth place is uh, Koi Kimo, or Koi Toyobu ni wa Kimochi Wairui. Uh, and then tenth place is I've Been Killing Slimes for 300 Years and Maxed Out My Level. Uh, we've also got a couple more underneath that. Uh, Zombieland Saga Revenge is 11th place. I'm bringing that up. I know I normally cover just the top oh, he, 10. He just wanted to mention I want that, to talk yeah. about ZLS. I, I thought you were about to say that Zombieland Saga was actually 10th place and the 10th place option wasn't real. Because can you say that name one more time for me? Yeah, 10th place is I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a real That's a real one, title. wow. It's like, um, yeah, apparently it's not a bad story because uh jack our resident editor really really likes that light novel series so oh yeah i've read a couple wow, chapters of the manga adaptation it's not bad it's pretty solid it's just got that goofy long light novel isekai title for sure it's it's Dang. another one of those isekai slow life kind of yeah uh, aside from zombieland saga just barely being in 11th which you know bugs me as much as the next guy any any hot takes or just personal favorites out of this top 10 uh my personal favorite which i will be talking about later this episode uh as i as i scroll down past 25th place and still don't see it there we go (laughs) 31st place is my favorite show this season and i'm dying inside (laughs) which i i need you to remind me which one is actually your favorite uh it's on taxi oh wow that low okay I th- we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. We certainly will. I will have words. Uh, Gracie, you? Uh, I have two. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, Welcome to Demon School Irumakun. I really, really enjoyed the first season a lot more than I expected. So um, so I knew it was going to underperform because uh, it didn't make a mark on our charts in, um, in the first season. And I kind of regret not covering it, actually. Um, I... I actually skipped out on covering because I thought that was an incredibly solid uh, shonen adaptation that's like just so comedic. I was laughing out loud in every single episode and the second season started out just as well. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I have no idea where its place is at all. It and, is uh, low 20s, I believe. 23rd. Yeah, see, I'm not surprised, <laughs> but I personally really enjoy it. And I think people who love comedy would absolutely love that series. Uh, my second one that we're actually going to talk about this uh, this episode is Mars Red. I um, I watched that with my uh, film film writing friend, and uh, and so it's been really fun watching it with her because she's she is a screenwriter, so um, so a lot of the visual stuff and the visual storytelling that it utilizes is very very important to her, and she often gives me rundowns and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Mars Red is twenty second, so you're too you're too. Uh underappreciated shows are right next to each other well that makes me feel good because they're less lonely next to each other let's just put it that way <laughs> that's right best friends how about you Nick? Like, can we go with a popular option and then the not popular option so my popular option is <laughs> to your eternity i think that that first episode blew me out of the water um extremely excited seeing uh more of it um and i think it had a pretty big impact on the polls uh my not popular option is honestly um i would say probably I, I totally forgot the name. Uh, Megalobox. There we go. I was like, I had like, I was just talking about this, but Megalobox uh, season two, Nomad, has been really good. I'll talk about it in a bit, but 
it's way lower than I expected, honestly, considering the first season. Twenty um, seventh place. Wow, that's uh, that is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, my my uh, easy popular option would probably just be season five of Hero Academia. I'm still enjoying it weekly. You know, it's uh, <laughs> hard for me not to, you know, look forward to Saturday when it's airing. Uh, my other less popular choice, I think. I need to ask because I don't have it pulled up, James. Where is SSSS.DinoXenon right now? Oh. It is 24th, right underneath. It's above. It is above Minglebox. It is also one spot yeah. <laughs> above Jodan. And they, I think they are both in that, like, sequels or kind of not sequels for Dinozenon that, like, shows people really liked but not a ton of people watched. And so, you know, it's like a vocal minority minority that's you know speaking of how great they are yeah i mean if you look um, at the top 10 there's only two that are actually like sequels to previous shows it's just it's and the two that are are like huge fan bases very well-known shows which is hiroaka and uh, fruits basket like those two are the only two that are sequels that made it into the top 10 this week so i think people are really excited for the new shows yeah i think that's a good thing i'm happy to see more you know new projects or even anime originals at times like rank higher than these established ips Mm -hmm. yeah so so this week we are continuing from last week and just covering some of our early spring i almost said winter spring 2021 uh anime impressions um and on the note of all these sequels continuing titles uh we're gonna do kind of like a rapid fire speed round to kind of for honorable mentions of sequels we're not going to fully dive into because you know, either you're watching them or you're going to go start from the beginning. Um, but those titles would be Zombieland Saga Revenge, Moriarty the Patriot Part 2 or Season 2, uh, Megalobox, which has a fuller title for the second part. Nomad. Nomad. Thank you, Nomad. And last but not least, Thunderbolt Fantasy Season 3. Yay! Yay! We love Thunderbolt <laughs> yeah, Fantasy um, here at Anime Trending. Yeah, go off, James. It's um, the world's you know, greatest puppet show, and if more gets made, it's the greatest thing on Earth. <laughs> Honestly, every anime should be a puppet show. <laughs> that That is quite a bit of a statement. <laughs> Best news we had gotten for Thunderbolt Fantasy, I guess. So we're on season three now, I think, at the time of the announcement. We're slated for two more seasons after this, and I think there's going to be at least five seasons. At least of Fantasy. five, and if you don't, <laughs> and know, there's already like two movies, right? Yeah, two movies already done. Fantastic. The production is insane. The behind the scenes is hilarious. How they kind of just yeet the puppets in order to produce the effects. Um, <laughs> it is a technical masterpiece, um, and it's written by Yen Urobuchi. So like, he's the one directing it. And spearheading the whole project along with the technical prowess, uh, also known as the guy who worked on Psychopaths and Fate Zero, also known as the Uro Butcher. Um, uh, I think you're forgetting his most, I guess, well-known title in this case, which would be Madoka, right? Madoka, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Th- yeah. thank goodness. I was like ready to ask, like, didn't he also do Madoka? But if I was wrong, that would have just been so No, I am having yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having some some brain L's today right now. Genorobuchi is the pioneer of the Magical Girl shows are also evil. Right, right. Oh man, we're talking over each other a lot. I'm really going to regret this when I have to edit it later. <laughs> it's true, we have to do the thing. But the point is... I don't know what you're talking about. The listeners have no idea because you've already edited so well. Truly. Right? Hmm. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm personally loving Zombieland Saga Revenge. And I'm enjoying it. Moriarty the Patriot Part Two um, exists. I don't know if I'm like loving it more or less than the first part, and it's been a much shorter break. It feels much more like a continuation than a new season. I but, feel like you know, they kind of went a little... So the production value has gone up, which is nice, because that's better eye candy, mm-hmm. which is what this anime provides. <laughs> yeah. The characters but, are eye candy. That's just how it is. Yeah, but well, I Grishy also... and I actually watch it for ear candy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So we, we have a thing for Takuya Sato's voice for Albert. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the story has also gotten a little crazier than the first part, and so... <laughs> Have they gotten to the Irene Adler thing yet? Yes, they have. Yeah, and as I was telling Gracie at one point, when episode three, I think it was, ended, I actually laughed just at how, like, ridiculous it was getting. Yeah, it was a little absurd. Not in a bad way, technically, (laughs) but just hilarious. Yeah, I watched season one. I don't really think I'm going to watch season two. Uh, I I was like, Moriarty the Patriot for me is like, it's fine. So, I mean, more of it doesn't hurt. I'm not mad at more of it existing. Clearly, there's people that enjoy it, so good for them. So, I guess my question is, if I were to get into Moriarty the Patriot Season 1, does Season 2 maintain the same quality that I would expect from it? Or does it change anything um, in the show? So far, so far, I would say, yeah, it really feels like it is just a continuation and they just took a one season break, like a one core break, but it's not like a new season or anything. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the, the real crux of the issue with all these sequels is, is if you enjoyed the first season, will you enjoy the second season? You know, is it more of the same or, you know, and if that's what you want, then good. Uh, and I feel like Moriarty, at least from what I've heard, that seems to be the case. Zombieland Saga, I'm always scared to make assumptions about it. But it does seem to still have that kind of wacky attitude to it. I'm it. It looks like they're getting a little bit more character depth, which I'm really enjoying because the characters are so beloved. At least to me, they are. And so getting more background information on that is good. As long as they, I almost don't want them to flesh out the characters too much, though, because some of the wackiness that Zombieland Saga was able to get away with in its first season was due to so many things being ambiguous where you can, you can just like, mm-hmm. be like, Hey, what I have a question about the lore of this show. And the show goes, that doesn't matter moving on. Uh, and as soon as you start actually answering some of those questions, then, then that's when you start boxing yourself in a little bit. So we'll see. Uh, I'm enjoying season two. Yeah. I, I think I agree to disagree on that front where I, I'm loving the, the character, you know, exploration. Oh, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm really, really glad that it's there. But I, I do worry that it will it will begin drawing confines for the rest of the story, uh, which may or may yeah. not become an issue. Or, or worse, you know, you get to a point where what they do with one character in Season 2 just doesn't really fit with what they had going or starting in season one with that character you know it's yeah it's it's an interesting thing i think about it a lot when i think of like the fate extended universe where it's like there's so many canons and storylines that they've actually kind of boxed them boxed themselves in with 
what they're allowed to do, or they have to come up with more and more, like, bizarre reasons for them to get away with what's going on. To the point where it's almost comical, like, the lengths they are going in order for them to get away with whatever they want to do. Which I guess for Zombieland Saga is okay, because it is kind of a funny haha show. <laughs> well, uh, to, to spare us from, you know, diving into the entire Fate franchise and turning this into a podcast miniseries, uh, I think that concludes our little, you know, brief mention of all these sequels definitely oh, check megalobox out. 2 exists i hear it's really good i haven't watched it <laughs> yeah it's completely unlike moriarty <laughs> yeah. it's completely different from the first season i would say without without going into too much is like it's like you met your hero at the convenience store but then found out that he has a really nasty painkiller problem seven years after winning the title <laughs> and you're just like oh, oh no this is that old copy pasta where it's like I ran into yeah, yeah. Box at the grocery store once, <laughs> and he was really mean to the clerk. Yeah. Like I don't even I I didn't watch the first season at all, but just you describing the second season with that, I was just like, oh no, that sounds sad already. It's already <laughs> like yeah, no, it is already yet. I mean, I'm just like oh no. It's but season the... season one was already kind of about struggles, so season two is just gonna have to be about a different kind. Of it, it is. It takes place seven years after the events of the first season so there's a significant period of time from the first megalobox tournament to where uh, gearless joe is now and i think it's it almost feels like a completely different show entirely um and knowing what we knew from the first season kind of makes it hurt but it's it's fantastic i think it's way different from a lot of shows um i'm currently watching this season so check it out so a proper yeah, sequel as chance? opposed to a continuation did, did... Did you watch an episode or two of Megalobox Season 2? Yeah, enough to know that it's immediately about the... Oh, okay. It, yeah, it's immediately like a struggle text. Nice. Just... <laughs> yeah, for, for some reason, I had it you know, in my mind that none of us had watched it, which is why I accidentally... I didn't mean to still you know, mention it, but I was going to mention, like, yeah, nobody's really watched Megalobox, so we're not going to say much about it. But thank you for uh, interrupting me for that. Okay, now we're done talking about sequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to roll into our first um, main entry of, you know, new seasonal anime, uh, which would be 8686. Got to say it twice. I, yeah, I, it's that, very that's, odd. That's going to that's gonna piss me off every time I say it, uh, to the, until I just get over myself and just start laughing every it, time I it say it. It actually reminds me of how much pain it caused when I first had to pronounce skit. Eight. <laughs> so, um, and, and so it's every time I do it, I just want to call it eighty six. But it's like, no, you have to say it twice. Eighty six, eighty six. So yeah, yeah. So before we get into like the characters or the animation or any of the technical stuff or even the story, I have one gripe. When I started watching eighty six, so I was on my bicycle trainer and I was watching this thing and I was hearing some cool voice acting. <laughs> Not um, bicycle recommended. <clears throat> No, I'm going to watch this while riding a bicycle. It's no, actually, kind of this is me. good for a bicycle because it's action. So it, it It's got action up, and yeah. fighting and war. Uh, the thing that got me is the... Op- spoilers for the first 30 seconds of the show. The show opens with this like low-flying camera angle with like two parallel lines. It turns out then that those parallel lines are train tracks. And I got immediately excited. I was like, Aww. this show is opening oh on a flying shot of train tracks and then you see like it split off and you've got two train tracks i'm like this is awesome it means you know if they're starting this then we are going to 
like have trains in the show. And then you know what they do right after showing me these awesome train tracks? They put a weird spider looking machine tank thing and completely <laughs> ignore the fact that there should be trains on those train tracks. I was betrayed I, and I will never forgive them. I'm so sorry. The fact that James, it's spiders. Condolences to your betrayal. <laughs> And then in the city, they have, like, trams, like, inner-city trams, which have, the, like, the ugliest design I have ever seen. Like, oh they, the, the, the art is fine, but from, like, a perspective of intra-city rail or, like, a light rail system, if that got translated into real life, those designs would be mocked endlessly by the people that wrote them. You, you should uh, watch more Jodan, because that had kind of cool, like, cable car. Oh, yeah, the cable cars are really things. neat. I have a couple screenshots on my tablet, because yeah, I don't know Yeah, but the anime has just gone more and more meh, so... <laughs> I, I honestly yeah, don't know how that... it could have gotten more meh from the first episode. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> the second episode was better. Uh, the third existed. I haven't watched the fourth yet. The fourth just, was laughable. Because Let's not... I believe on the night of recording this, the full versions of the opening and ending as in an entire three song EP by Risa Soylent has released. And that's all so, really that many cares. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, 86, 86 public transit aside. Yeah. What do, what do y'all have to say about 86? I think J James, you've kind of given your piece. I, I mean, I have other opinions about it, but I want other people to talk about their impressions before I continue or else it'll just be me on my soapbox and I need to save that time for later. I guess the analogy sure, I have for 8686 is it feels like the show thinks it's hit a gold mine, but I don't know if the concept has like actually been as deep as, as it previously did. Um, so the basic premise we have is that you have handlers who are um, part of the main city that have to control um, essentially their robot army. And then by the end of this episode, we're revealed that the armies are actually just child soldiers inside the robot. And it feels like this concept has been done like so many times just in the mecha genre itself. I'm just like, oh, yeah, is okay. this just Gundam? Iron-Blooded Orphans? But like, <laughs> yeah. kind of well, worse. Yeah, yeah. To me, it wasn't Iron-Blooded Orphans. The first thing that popped into my head was, uh, I mean, it's Gundam in general, but Gundam Thunderbolt. Yeah, they, they put kids in the robot all the time without, like, caring about it. And then the part that I just never understood is that why are the handlers linked neurologically to their robots, even if they weren't, air quote, robot people? Like, because the handlers aren't supposed to know that that they're actually directing child soldiers to their death. I don't understand how that part is like messing with the psyche of the character. And it kind of just takes me out of like the whole show. Besides no, he, uh, Nick, you misunderstood. The handlers do know. They just don't care. They don't see them as humans. Oh, it's, it's a racism allegory. Sorry. It's shoot. yeah. Nick, the, the 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 line gets explained by like that general at the very beginning. It's like there are zero fatalities because there aren't people in. Those oh things. gosh, I should oh, rewatch this episode. I'm dumb. <laughs> that makes way more sense because I was like, wait, they they're, yeah okay. They're not considered people, and if you'll okay. notice, everybody in the capital city all looks the same. It's a race. I, I I got that. Like yeah. it was all homogenous. Where everyone's everyone's basically silver haired because they can't. Um, they can't draw out the other color, but then everyone else um, had the unique um, hair color at that point in there. Um, I, again, I, I don't really have much to say on it because it has like two things with, I guess, the 
military genre that always kind of bugs me is like how the military is presented and there's always it's only like two ways they go it's like either the military is amazing and can do no wrong like you see in some shows like gate which i don't want to ever mention that show ever again or it's like military is inherently evil and this is like the show that you kind of like shifts to that direction like there's no there's no room within the genre i think that it can it's it's the military is inherently evil except for our main character because the audience has to like them yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. so here's yeah. the interesting thing. So I, I'm caught up, right? It sounds like you guys have only seen the first episode. and Yeah, uh, I haven't okay. watched the second Called episode. Out. I got tired okay. on my so, bicycle. Um, I liked the second episode more than the first. I think the first is a good introduction, but I definitely like the second episode more. I, um, I think ultimately this is a story that is themed on racism that could, or not even racism, but uh, prestigiousness versus people who aren't in it. And so... Um, and so the reason for that is it becomes inherently clear that Lena, the silver hair girl who, you know, in the U.S. would be considered a white savior character, you know, if we were to translate it, is yeah. not treated the same way that white savior characters often are. It doesn't fall into the pitfall because it's made very clear early on that her sort of idealism and like, you know, kind heartedness is laughable to the people in the 86 unit. They think she's silly. They think she is. They they realize that she thinks of herself as an angel and they um, insult her behind her back when she can't hear her, when she can't hear them. They draw very insulting pictures of her and stuff like that. And it face it adds in that element of being the nice person while being in a place of privilege that angle that I think a lot of anime tends to miss out on which is you're not as nice as you think you are or you're only able to be nice because you are so privileged like you're more privileged than even the privileged people itself and so um, and that's something that the anime has made very clear. Like, because in the second episode, you see her interact more with the team members. And when she's like, I want to check in on you guys. You know, I, I like, we should get along and stuff like that. Like, the kids were literally rolling their eyes at her. They're just like, when is she going to stop? You know? And so, um, and that's like the element that I think makes 86 different and that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, see, I see I that. watched. I, I see that interaction and go, okay, so the plot's going to be they warm up to each other, and by the end of it, they're all best friends. And I'm like, I've seen that a million times, and I'm not really interested. Well, I'll see, probably... and... I... Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to keep watching, because if I'm wrong, then I will have my expectations blown away. And if I'm right, I will have watched another okay show. <laughs> you will have confirmed your subconscious beliefs and biases more yes and gained a greater sense of self i'm okay with the fact that if they do bond but my biggest thing is i do think that ultimately she needs to get called out essentially by the people in the 86 unit which is once again something that doesn't tend to happen because they're like once they realize like oh she's actually on our side so oh she's naive and she's nice so we shouldn't be mean and stuff like that i i have a feeling that they're not going to go that route that they're actually going to call her out for what it is that she represents and so um and the other thing the other reason why i have a lot of hope for this is that the light novel series is quite well acclaimed by light novel critics online like people who genuinely just read light novels and write reviews they genuinely really really enjoy the series and so i i to me when i see more professionals in regards to that case like um you know show optimism or show a lot of love to a particular source of work i tend to be like 
I tend to give the benefit of the doubt if it starts off a little generic. All right. So, yeah. Well, All right. That, that... I mean, I'll probably give it a chance. I <laughs> I have low expectations. Congratulations, 8686. That means that you don't have to do much to exceed them. Yeah, I feel like that's just more telling on the <laughs> genre itself or, like, it really has to, like, I have to, like, kind of get really into it because there's certain expectations that I think that I was not, I did not know about until now. Okay. Yeah, on that, um... That's convincing that, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for, you know, lifting it up at the end, Nick. I was going to say kind of a somber note, to tr- unenthusiastic <laughs> note to transition on. But um, next we're going to talk about those Snow White notes. And from the start, I'll say, you know, to be completely honest, I've watched one episode. There's a lot going for it that I do enjoy, but also a lot of interesting writing in the first episode i think you mean bad (laughs) yeah i was like (laughs) i'm sugarcoating it as i tend to um i am curious uh, from your perspective gracie since you've watched what there's three episodes now or just two Mm -hmm. um yeah how it's progressed if it gets better if you've heard that it's supposed to get better actually is this an original uh no this is a manga adaptation So, a quick, quick rundown what those Snow White notes is. Essentially, uh, the main character is a gifted shamisen player. And after his grandfather died, he got a little lost with his music. He couldn't quite find it anymore. And so he decided to move to the city where there is a lot of different kinds of noises. And he was hoping that in the city where it's very busy and there's a lot of noises, he'll be able to find his sound again. That's just a quick rundown. But, um... The second episode was infinitely better than the first, but the first episode was so bad, honestly, in writing that I don't think it takes much <laughs> to be much to be better. Um, it's I'm still very I'm still negative on the writing on where it's going. I just think the pacing, the dialogue, and everything about it is actually quite off, which is surprising because I do know that the manga was nominated for a manga award. Mm. And so, um, granted, it's that's not the same caliber as, for example, I'm just making one up, like, easily off the top of my head. March Comes In Like a Lion, which was nominated for multiple manga awards. This one genuinely was mm. only nominated for one. And so, um, so, so that's, like, so that is a sign that it's, you know, it's not going to be on the same level as some of the other ones out there that are manga-nominated um, stories. But... I still feel like if it was nominated for one, like there's got to be something going <laughs> for it. And and I can and I can see a lot of the themes that would work out well and would hit well especially with me who is very emotional and very much cares about like music and how bonds form with music. I am a violin player and so that also has some bias in regards to that, but um, I think all but, of us are instrument players. What no, many I have good enough. His body is the <laughs> instrument. Yeah, the, I, I think that counts. Yeah, I think that As Miss Mattern would say, uh, the best instrument is the one you're born with. I mean, I, I spent a few years <laughs> uh, starting to learn the bass guitar, but the sustained effort towards practicing was not there from day one. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't, I, I have to be honest, I don't have much hope for the writing, per se, um, but I do really love the music. I think the shamisen music and the traditional music that they've been doing throughout the three episodes have just been utterly beautiful. 
Um, the second episode is my favorite because of the fact that we get to uh, hear his mom's scene with him while he Ooh. plays his shamisen, and it's this gorgeous traditional music that I, you know, I haven't heard before. But like the instant the song started started playing, I was just like, "This is beautiful." And so, um, so it's like, so I am mainly watching it for the music, essentially, and I definitely think that uh, I hope people do notice it for the music, if nothing. <laughs> that was definitely the highlight of episode one for me um I, I mean i like a lot of the ideas and themes being explored again i thought were good just the specific writing and the specific events of the first episode were just so tacky and contrived for the most mm -hmm. part yeah, um, I agree. But, yeah, I, I want to hear Nick's take on it too because I think you just watched the. You took all the <laughs> takes, but like I guess my frame of mind when I was listening to it, I mean that, the first minute just grips yeah. me when you hear the grandfather's performance of um of his his magnum opus and i mean i think the sound design on that is mm -hmm. phenomenal and mm -hmm. like later in that episode when you see um, the main character kind of doing trying to do his own thing like the rusty noise he made was really great because you're just like wait yeah. that's clearly not as good as the first sound i had heard but you kind of see it slowly improving throughout the piece and i think that that sound design and that performance was really cool, like, in a lot of ways. Um, but then they kind of attack on, like, actually just the worst drama <laughs> plot ever. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even being very specific, it's but very, it is very, like... It's, like, corny, but in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, because there, so. there was a little bit of good campy, like, when she first hears him play the shamisen down by the riverbank and like the wind blows when he like plays more intensely i was like that's cheesy but it's cool and i like it but yeah you feel that, it that was more the exception then she she's just like this is my boyfriend and then like the next scene gets into yeah, a fight with like the boyfriend, oh the yeah i wonder <laughs> then cheats on her like it's like it's like 30 seconds he goes from just like yeah. being kind yeah. of like an <laughs> average dude to just being like wow this guy's actually just the worst I person ever i will ever. say the first episode had a very self-contained story with that and um <laughs> the, that girl whose name escapes me yep doesn't matter she, the girl, she, yeah, she, she left Betty, i don't i don't i'm not even sure she's ever coming back so no no and i'm saying that's actually I was saying when I first started watching it, like, I like her a lot because of a few things she said. Um, but I think if she's gone, then, like, that drama, that subplot is resolved, then I think the writing can have more room to do the things it's better at. Like, the first episode kind of just you felt they like... resolved the bad drama? <laughs> Excellent. It's just, like, kind of a, a cheesy movie, almost, but, like, in a 24-minute runtime. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, no. <laughs> he he needs to go out and experience like life life experiences to bring into mm -hmm. his music, but that doesn't necessarily mean the writing means he's got to experience like a lifetime. Movie yeah, like, <laughs> twenty minutes because I'm like, what is this actually? Like, that is such a good way to put the first episode a lifetime movie in twenty. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's just a just a chick flick speed run. A how yeah. quickly can you how quickly can you experience all the drama and tragedy that you need in order to okay and that not to be like oh you need experiences I, I i do think that you need experiences in order to develop and grow as a person why does everybody always equate experiences with like tragedy and heartbreak you can have pause you can go out and just have a great time overall and come back and have that impact your music yeah 
Like, why do you have to be miserable? What is with this stereotype of art is only made by tortured artists? Be I happy, mean, God. If, if you want one that's like that, um, you you should watch Kono Oto Tomare because that one is much more about how positive life experiences uh, influences your music and makes you stronger. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I read some of it and I watched some of it and I was like, okay, I can't get behind this. J James isn't here for happiness, despite what know. he said. Maybe I'm just impossible impossible to please. <laughs> yeah. So those Snow White notes, you know, good. Oh, the ED slaps. I was gonna say, good, good. The music, yeah, the music Shami is just excellent. I love general. the opening. I love the ED. I love all the shamisen music in between. Like it, it, it it's got solid, incredible yeah. music, and that's, <laughs> that's all pretty I much where we're cutting it. Made, so. Yeah. Um, real quick before we transition, Gracie, one more time for me. Can you say oh. the name of the instrument in the show? Oh, shamisen. It's shamisen. With a, it's it's oh. an E, not an A. And uh, let, 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 oh, let me okay. correct shamisen. myself because I had such a closed N. Uh, shamisen would be more accurate. That's right. That associate degree <laughs> in Japanese sure is coming in handy, isn't it? That's my um, pompous little bit for the night. Next up is Higehiro, also known as... Uh, this title's too long. James, please read it for me. <laughs> Uh, it is Higehiro. After being rejected, I shaved and took in a high school runaway. I believe the actual, uh, at least in fan communities, the translation is I shaved and took home a high school girl, which is a little bit shorter. Oh, Tight, yeah. Like They took away like but one or two words shorter, but it just rolls off the tongue. But either way, easier, it's um, certainly an eyebrow raising title. Um, but yeah. it's, it's good. It's surprising. Um, I think. What's funny for me about this particular anime is that while all the others, whether it's, um, you know, those Snow White notes where I can talk about soundtrack or, you know, um, or who you're talking about 86, I would say animation, you know, is gorgeous and how they use like colorations to tell the story between the procedures and the not in the 86 unit. But with Higehiro, I feel like everything about like the more technical aspects is just it's fine. Like, the music is fine. The character design is fine. I like the character <laughs> you know, designs. Like, everything about the animation is fine. It's just the story itself is unique, and especially in comparison to what anime likes to do when an older man meets a teenager mm. girl. And so that makes it stand out. Everything else in regards to what makes this anime is just, it's fine. <laughs> so, um... So for anyone who might be a little concerned about the title, the good news is he is not a pedophile. Let's give a round of applause for that. That's so, the bare minimum. Um, we don't is... need to celebrate that. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. But um, something that I always have to like remind myself is that it was only two years ago that Japan said that 16-year-olds have to get parental permission to uh, marry to marry. So basically three years ago, a 16 year old could marry a 36 year old man. And it would be completely legal. No one would bat an eye sort of thing. And so, um, but in this case, it's like, I think, I think they're going like, or I think the route they're going is that it's ultimately going to be healing for uh, the girl. Cause clearly the teenager girl, she, does not have a nice family situation and she had run or whatever situation happened she had run far far away from that 
and to get by has essentially been rooming with adult men who are oh. more than happy to yeah. use her body. And so, um, and so it's like, I especially, and this is spoilers, but the latest episode, I really like that one because it, because now that she's like met a guy who has made it explicitly clear over and over again, like in his, like whether it's out loud or monologuing where he's like, this is a child, like I'm not into this, this is a child. And so, um, yeah, Yo Yoshida she, has, Yoshida has likes and Sayu isn't those. Yes, exactly. And essentially, there's a part of her that now that she met a guy who's not a pedophile, she's just like, well, he has to be interested in me in some way, right? Because all the other adult men were interested in me. And um, and I and that episode was was very heartbreaking to see because you realize that her uh, entire self-worth yeah. is around the idea of men wanting to have you know, do things with her, when in reality, she's a child who is very, very lost. And so... Um, I'm excited to see where the story is going, but the only thing that I, I shouldn't say only thing per se, but the biggest thing going for it is its story. Any other of the more aspects, uh, stuff that we would nominate for awards, like it, that's, that's not there. It's, it's mediocre. So the, so the production quality is so, yeah. not, um, not up there. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it, it doesn't. So I am a fan of the, I, I don't remember if there was a light novel associated with it. There was a manga adaptation. I read a lot of it. I liked it. I really liked the character designs. Uh, I think they're kind of cool. Uh, I think they're, I think the manga draws people well. And I think that the anime translated those manga designs over into the anime pretty smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's not like it's anything to write home about, but it also doesn't stick out as being bad. It's not like you ever see, yeah. see or hear anything that goes, right. Ooh, I don't like that. It's just kind of there. Which is kind of all it really needs to be for the kind of show that it is. It is a character-driven, people-interacting-with-each-other kind of show. It doesn't need to get all fancy and razzly-dazzly. It can. Like, Horimiya last year was... Or not last year. Last season was a show about people interacting with each other. But they also decided to kind of get fancy with the way that it looks. But it's not something you need to do necessarily if the story is strong enough. And I think the story is strong all enough. Alright. Well, one thing I'm curious about before we move on to our next entry... Um... A title that came to mind that I have not watched either, but sounds very similar in premise and how how much it was praised for its handling was After the Rain. Or is anyone here familiar with that one? I remember that one. I actually didn't hmm. watch it. From my understanding, there was still sort of like a romantic and that's, tone with well, it. Yeah, that's Am the I thing wrong? is the premise... The, the premise, to my knowledge, was that the young girl was very into the adult man. And he, he was not, you know, um, reciprocating, as far as I know. But surprise, to my surprise, I heard that it was actually rather profound and interesting. So that just seemed like a... Yeah, like, my one thing I'll weigh in on that. It's, it's really similar to this mm -hmm. premise. Um, the main thing that After the Rain kind of does, it navigates, like, complex feelings of, like, familiarity love, mm -hmm. of just, like, kind of feeling like you belong yeah. in the world in a way. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, like, trying to separate, like, how much of this is romantic feelings versus just how much of this is just being alive, being human, and trying to form a connection oh, with somebody. Um, I see. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. show. I oh, highly so you recommend have watched it. it. Thank you. Good. I might get around to it. Fantastic ending song by Imer. Uh -huh. like... Well, next up... Yeah. Sorry, real quick before we change. I, I just want to mention a feeling I have, which is the fact that I have this magical future site having 
being one of those pushes glasses up, having read some of the source material, it's really <laughs> interesting to watch everybody else talk about it and be like, oh man, that's coming up. I wonder how they're going to react to that. So we'll see. That That is always a fun feeling. Yeah. Next up, we're talking about Mars Red, which is a, it, it is a bold anime. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's my opener. Um, uh, Nick, let's let's hear your thoughts on it if you want to talk about that. We're talking about Mars Red. Yes, that is the one I just mentioned, and that's definitely the one so, we were meant to talk about next because I didn't mess up. You're right; you did everything perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mars Red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I have to work on like. Sometimes my monotone is like, I don't know if I'm monotoning where I can't tell if like it's, <laughs> it's part of your charm. That was very much shot fire. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Delivered with all the enthusiasm. Of, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I got it. <laughs> I'm only taking a time out for a second. It's not, it's 9 PM. I'm very tired, but also Gracie is in a different time zone. Yeah. I mean, just to be fair, I, I, I put him on the spot in two ways. One, I, I named the wrong show. And two, I, you know, just said, hey, you talk about it first. I, I was ready to listen. I was ready to hear about the furry taxi. So. Yeah, okay. Assuming <laughs> um, we're editing out most of this. Are we editing this or are we just like going to go three, two, one? J- 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 James can work. Okay. Yeah, we're keeping this. <laughs> okay, He'll do what he needs to. I'm um, not editing this. Okay. Um, okay, let's talk about Mars Red. That was a okay. What, what did you want to talk about specifically with Mars Red? I recall my planning document. I think it felt like a show that I did not fully grasp it completely when I watched that episode. Um, there was a lot of things I saw, a lot of things that I thought was very distinct in the art style. Um, overall, I did not get it um, outside of the initial premise of vampires exist. And the military is trying to get rid of them. But then outside of that, I th- that's all I got going on. There was a I lot a of artistic stuff going on. So I, I am really curious because, uh, you know, I, I've said this prior, but uh, my my screenwriting friend and I, we, we adore this, especially with its use of visuals to tell the story yeah. rather than dialogue, mm-hmm. which is not something anime tends to do a lot, at, at least to this degree, you know? Um, and so I'm curious, like, you know, were you guys confused, you know, did, were you guys, did you guys enjoy it? Because I did see a lot of people online who got very confused because of the fact that, and even Agnes, um, you know, our, our other (laughs) anime trending member, she even came to me, um, asking me a lot of questions and I had to explain to her how it works and like what the scene was saying and telling because there was no words essentially. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, so yeah, I'm really curious on what you two thought because I had a screenwriting major. <laughs> yeah, me, so. so you have all the yeah, I, the, the shots. I I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, go, I'm, I'm personally maybe. like in a weird middle where it's like, did I grasp everything, every detail, every intended metaphor? Absolutely not. But do I think I got the big picture and that I noticed a lot of clever things here and there? Yes, and overall, I definitely enjoyed it because the the presentation was so, like, at, at parts, it was very theatrical and brazen, but at other parts, mm-hmm. it was more subtle, but I was still, like, 
actively piecing things together and like interested. And so it's the kind of thing where like, I know I didn't fully get everything, but I got enough and was interested enough that like, I would want to go back and like rewatch or maybe analyze or just mm-hmm. see what happens. Maybe read up on it. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like just because you don't necessarily understand 100% of what happened, like that doesn't necessarily mean it was like a bad episode or if the writing mm-hmm. was bad. Like I think that the visuals um, showcase a lot of really interesting movement. Um, and I think even in the low level ones, like I think like the action sequences I thought were yeah. really cool because of how it used the jump cuts to kind of illustrate um, how fast things were moving in the shot. And so it was kind of that sense of like, you know, like the teleport behind yeah. kind of <laughs> meme, but actually animated out like that was like, was really um, visually stunning. And then even some of the other shots where you had um, distinct style in the backgrounds or like some of the, the really long cuts, like it's, it's hard talking about this on a podcast because I want to go to like yeah. five or six different shots. Yeah. You need, you need um, like a video. Yeah. I would, I would totally write something be like, these are, these are really cool shots and, and just gifts of like things I really liked yeah. from that first episode. Um, it's time for you to begin your video essay career, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like to me that both of you two enjoyed the first episode. I, I did nothing else yeah exactly i really do want to find out more about what's going because i feel like this is kind of the show that like the more i learn like as the show goes on the more i get to recontextualize that yeah. first episode um so i think it gives me enough opportunity to look forward to the rest of the series um because yeah the, the visuals i think are great i mean i think for me personally it's like if a show has like really distinct crazy visuals like i'll definitely look out for it because it's just there's not like a lot like it you know? yeah i'm curious how the the following episodes um whether or not they keep up the same level of not not only the um the visual storytelling but like the theatrical stage play like framing in some cases because the first episode was about a stage actress um, but there was literally a mm-hmm. play within a play setup, which I always love. Um, so, like, uh, how do those episodes sort of keep keep up that theme, Gracie? They do mm-hmm. actually. So each episode covers an important piece oh. of work, uh, a, like actual uh, play. Oh. Play. Um, the first one is uh, Salam, and the second one is Romeo oh. and Juliet, and the third one is. Unfortunately, I cannot say because I don't recognize it, but it's clearly a Japanese play that is um, very traditional that people understood. And it ties into essentially sort of like the plot as it continues for each of the episodes. Um, I will say that the second and third episode toned down a little bit on the visual storytelling. There's a little more dialogue now than what was provided in the first episode. Um, So easier to follow. Um, in that case, but I think they're definitely keeping up with that quality and they're definitely really committing to this sort of like stage play storytelling idea, especially because this is an adaptation. That's right. That's what I heard. I remember. Yeah, I was (laughs) from the get go. Somehow this show kind of slipped under my radar. Um, And then I heard like it's about vampires and like alternate history of japan I'm like that's cool and then i heard all the things that like it's very theatrical and based on a stage play i was sold because i'm like vampires and theater that is like <laughs> two insta wins for Medi. yeah i haven't 
scene, like, in a very genuine stage play that, like, was by its source, literally started as a stage play. Like, the stage play was not from uh, an adaptation of another source material. The playwright literally wrote a script for a stage play and for an anime to actually adapt from that. And I was curious to see how they were going to bring it to the animation media. I think they've just been doing a stellar job. I love the little stage play elements. One of my favorite parts in the first episode was when they were walking along that hallway and like that spotlight would just happen to shine down the person talking, oh, which yeah, I know yeah. is kind of on the nose, but I think it was so cute and clever as a way to like call back to its origins, you know? And so, um, and the third episode actually really touched me. Um, it like it was it was a bittersweet episode, and but I really really loved it. And there was just this really great moment between this older married couple that like you know it just touched my heart. So I'm I'm really excited to see how Mars Red continues. Um, you know I hope the best for its production team and. Um, and I know it's not exactly big right now in the anime community, and it's hard to take screenshots of it because it's like it, it's like shots uh, like you know strung together that makes the whole picture yeah really. yeah you would um and so so it's like hard to really advertise it to the anime community at least um when i try to you just need to to make some like four image tweets yeah four by yeah and so it's just like but i i really adore it and i just i look forward to it every monday i'm glad to hear yeah. i'm only more excited the more nice. i hear and talk about it I'm I'm I might watch it just because I'm interested in the plays, uh, to see it. Like, kind of not not even if it's just like which ones do I recognize? Uh, you the first one is that Oscar Wilde one, right? Uh, Salam or Salome? Sal- Salome, right? Salome, yeah, Salome. yes. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm terrible with pronunciation. Is that Oscar Wilde? I don't remember. I googled it mostly because I wanted to confirm that my pronunciation. Yeah, was I'm. Well, this is spelled S A L S A L O M E, right? Yeah, S A L O M E. Yes, it's it's oh, by really? Oscar Wilde, realize. and it's based on it's based on like old mythology. Yeah, it's based yeah. on it's it's King Herod, and it's it's old Christian mythology or Jewish mythology. I can't remember which part of the if it's before or after. If it's Herod, if it's Herod is before. That's before Christianity. Uh, come on, ten years of Bible study. I don't remember. <laughs> no, okay. I think Herod is King Herod is is Old Testament. Um, I would think so. No, because it's John the Baptist, which oh. is after uh, the birth I'm gonna of Jesus I'm going to be honest, so uh, I just know the name New King Herod from Jesus Christ Superstar, the greatest stage of <laughs> <musical>. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's, in that case, that would be New Testament, but I think it's still also Jewish, uh, Ju- Judeo-Christian mythos. Okay. Mythos. <laughs> well, that tangent aside that I don't know if we keep in. <laughs> I, I cut very little in these podcasts, oh boy. I'll have you know. Yeah, we should. We should. We we need an you know an editor to like to check the editor <laughs> just make <laughs> make sure we see what's coming out. James has gone mad with power. Um, I I do have one final question from what Gracie had said. Did you say the um the stage play was written independently and then later adapted, or was it like written kind of with the plans of making an anime as well? From my understanding, it was written independently and then adapted. Yeah, okay, that is cool. Yeah neat um yeah i've i've survived this whole conversation about stage plays and anime without mentioning review starlight once so i just need to get that out of my system i deserve a cookie (laughs) 
Well, speaking of speaking of Review Starlight. Oh yeah, yeah, we got some loose connections through Voicecast and Pony Canyon Association. Our next anime, uh, another criminally underrated and underwatched one, if you ask me. Yes, is I agree. Odd Taxi. Odd Taxi. Uh, I've only just watched the first episode, but James, I am assuming, is caught up. I am absolutely caught up. All right, and um, you got plenty to say, I'm sure. Go for it. This is my favorite show of the season. I'm calling it now. It's very good. Uh, it might honestly be... Summer and Fall are going to have to do a really good job if they want to take this take this down. I don't think... Let me just pull out my notes that I wrote last night. Um, I don't think that I have been so quickly enamored by a show. Like, ever. Like, a, a show where I am maybe halfway through the first episode already knowing that I'm going to finish this to completion and recommend it to everybody that I come across. Uh, here's the thing that fills me with fear about it before I get, before I launch into everything that I love. Um, oh my God, if this show doesn't can like, if, if the quality goes down at all, I'm going to cry. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, the podcast special will be just James cries into the microphone for 25 minutes. <laughs> uh, 25 minutes is nothing. But what other, yes. What questions? So then, I thought the whole show was kind of taking place in the taxi. Like, what? What other? So it's the like... taxi, and then there's a couple. There's a bar that yeah, the I mean... taxi that uh, that Otokawa frequents, and there's a couple scenes. Like, it not everything is in the taxi. There's a couple. Th- it, it follows Otokawa around like his mm-hmm. life. So there's a scene in his home, a scene at the doctor's office, a, lo- a couple in the bar, uh, and there's there's other scenes that take place throughout the city. Uh, that focus on some of the other characters. That's one of the things. Uh, it, it's really good at kind of interspersing all the different characters and all these moving parts, which I think, I'm assuming, because there is this mystery aspect to the show, that all these parts are going to come together by the end of the show, and there will be a revelation. I do not want it to be a big, life-changing one, but I want it to be more of a like, oh, so that's how all those pieces fit together. Yeah, yeah. I, um it's everything is i can tell being set up so like meticulously carefully. and yeah it's it, it feels like it is so tightly written and directed like not a second of episode one was wasted you know and, and mm-hmm. of course i could say the same about mars red but with odd taxi i think it's it's so much more instantly gratifying <laughs> and like digestible um, and yet still, it's like, it's no less intelligent at the yeah. same time. Yeah. I think, I think what I, and I'm going to start reading off of a little bit of my antibites because that was a good way for me to organize my thoughts. I think the thing that I love about it, aside from the fact that I think that the sound design is spectacular, I think that the character designs are very easy and very recognizable. I like the art direction. I like the timing of a lot of things. I love the voice cast and we'll talk, I'll talk about more, um, a little bit about that later. Uh, but the thing about Odd Taxi that I I think has it enraptured me so is that the scope of everything is so small. Yeah. It you're you're in a city, you don't know which city it is. I'm just gonna assume Tokyo because it's a bit you know, it's you're in a big city and you follow this taxi driver. And there are some scenes where it is just the taxi driver and the passenger, and you are a fly on the wall watching people have an everyday conversation. Uh, it's it's so close in its scope that it's like almost intimate. Yeah, you, you know that that talk about scope and like all the different parts of the city interplaying with each other actually kind of reminds me 
what I like so much about um, JoJo's Part 4, where suddenly they went from just these high-stakes adventures to, like, here's a small town in Japan, and you are slowly but surely going to know every resident and, like, every part of the town, and they're going to, you know, pop back up and play with each other in ways you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually, the way you described it, uh, James, i that's the type of stories that I love reading, ah. in all honesty. And so, but... I'm like cursing you for <laughs> describing it accurately that way because I'm already watching too much. I cannot watch. Well, when you're already feeling that far, just, just so... watch every anime every season, Gracie. Come on. Yeah, just watch all, all of them. No, no. Are you trying to murder yes. me? No. <laughs> um. uh, until you watch certain shows, maybe. Because <laughs> um, it's like the way that, like, especially with these sort of like. You're you're a fly on the wall and just listen to people tell their stories. Like I love, <laughs> like the it's. I mean, obviously Violet Evergarden is more fantastical and you know it has definitely more drama going on. But it is that aspect of her just going to a client and hearing their story through letters. That like it like it's that form of storytelling that I absolutely love and I think just is such a good way a narrative way to essentially examine like people's lives even if it's something so mundane can be something so charming at the same time Mm -hmm. and so so it's just like now you're enticing me on this anime and i'm already watching more than 20 anime so (laughs) i am now kind of angry it's not my fault you bet on the wrong horse (laughs) and like in a way i i actually kind of expected odd taxi to be a little more like you know, here's your taxi driver's perspective, and here's all these little stories from the different passengers you're kind of going to get to. But the first episode only had one, technically two, like, taxi passengers, and the rest of it actually just followed the driver doing other things in his life or other characters in the city um, having, you know, interactions, like, at a bar. Um, yeah, that's that's what I like about their... So there it's established early on that there's, like, this missing high school girl, yeah. and that is kind of the setting for the entire show. And I'm glad that that's there because the thing that I like about all these conversations that you have is that you don't know if they actually mean anything. You don't know Ooh, if these conversations yeah. are going to have stakes later on down the line or if they are just that kind of a window into somebody's everyday life. And so having that lingering kind of mystery question in the background not only throws everybody involved under a little bit of suspicion, uh, but it also means that the focus is still on that and not on like the character drama between two people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you don't want to focus on that. You just want it to be there. Uh, I think honestly, stop, <laughs> stop it. Honestly, the the thing that I, and the voice acting also Natsuki Hanai is Odokawa yeah. and I really love his performance. Uh, his, his line delivery is like this deliberate methodical, just very even paced. He's not really rattled by a lot. He he really brings the character to life. And I could say that about all the voice cast. There is, you can assign almost every single attitude or every single character gets like a personality based just on how they speak mm-hmm. and how the, and what their voice is. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really important when you have such a, a broad character, you know, so many different characters. You're like, okay, maybe if you don't necessarily remember the name they're all like a different animal oh yeah heads up there's anthropomorphized yeah. animals is the and, setting and that of this r- brings a great thing even before i watched it it was presented to me as like oh yeah they're all anthropomorphic animals it's like 
or maybe they're not and it's just like a framing device or like the taxi driver's uh perception and i kind of went in with that mindset and i really like it because there's a few points where he like calls people the animal they are or like says like you look like a gorilla or you're the only alpaca around here and like based on that and their reactions i really like interpreting it as they're all just people but um odakawa was that his name odakawa odakawa thank you yeah, yeah. just um <laughs> like odakawa, assigns sorry. these these animals to them yeah which kind of like what james was saying about the the voice telling you everything you need to know it's also just that simple and effective character design if everybody's an animal so they're like clearly distinguished from each other yeah um yeah the voice acting is great uh the character designs are like simple and memorable the Mm -hmm. fact that they're all different animals helps a lot it makes silhouettes easier and while i wouldn't necessarily say they're instantly recognizable by their silhouettes if you just do a little bit of color blocking like for example odokawa is a walrus he's got a hawaiian shirt on and he wears a hat and you just do brown walrus red hawaiian shirt yellow hat boom you know who that is um and i think that makes things really identifiable uh it's really nice the character designs are also kind of simple the art direction is very easy on the eyes um nothing too detailed uh which i think is the advantage of of making everything like this anthropomorphized animal that allows you to take more liberties because you already know that you're not going for accuracy here um it's oh gosh it's just so good (laughs) it's so good i I love the sound design too because it's quiet and so uh, meta you said earlier like every second counts there's not a second wasted and in this it's Every sound counts, whether it be the sound of tires rolling on asphalt or just the general hubbub of the city or even the soundtrack that is like a wallpaper yeah, for your so, ears. So often there's just the the radio expositing to you about the mystery, which is really cool. And then there's – um they like play a song, but we also know just from the characters and the voice cast that like – oh, this is like some kind of idol group or something that will pop up in the next episode or so. Actually, have they popped up yet? They they have their appearance, um, I think, in the first episode where you see like all of them, or maybe that's the second episode, I don't remember. I know at the end of the third episode, there's like this side plot involving one oh, of them. Okay. The one who's voiced by uh, by uh, Moika oh, Koizumi. Okay. But, but yeah, yeah, like I just heard the song from the radio, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that was the ed song it is not or just that's right because the ed song is just is by is just suzuko mimori and it's really good i i have to say after most of my context for that voice actress is in revue starlight and so i am used to these like singing over these broad orchestral pieces and like you know powerful dramatic singing and then to just have like a j-pop tune where she sounds way happier yeah, than which her other characters do much more her usual fare because she, she's been in the business a long time um yeah but yeah. for me it's just a little jarring it's but also it jarring also... right now because she's voicing the lead character in joran and much more yeah, serious and dark again um but it fits it fits the uh, the opening endings really fit the the show in general um the openings like this this rap that's got this nice like city vibe like Mm -hmm. nighttime in the city vibe to it and then the ending theme is this happy bubbly little like pop tune that is another aspect of the show it's because odd taxi is not supposed to be like dark it's just supposed to be life and so that means that you are sometimes relaxed and sometimes you're happy 
Um, yeah, it, it it feels almost like just gritty, kind of like cynical, like city life in many ways. Otokawa is definitely a cynic, and so it's nice watching that play with all the other characters. Um, I don't want to like wax poetic too long because yeah. <laughs> I know this is just a first impressions thing. I will be writing a final impressions article about it. I will try my hardest to just have an episode where we talk about it. Maybe it'll be some bonus content where I'll just rant. Um, but honestly, I think the best way to experience or determine whether or not you're going to like Odd Taxi is there's a clip, I think, on the Crunchyroll collection that's a clip from episode two that is it's a, just a two minute and five second conversation between two characters. And it jumps every, it jumps from everything from like, do you know, where are you from? Sing me a song. Oh, I didn't think you'd actually do it. Huh. Do you have any regrets in life? Uh, you know, do you like, you know, and then you know, this conversation was, do you have any regrets? No. Well, yes, kind of. And do you like anyone? It's like, well, yes. It's like, what are they like? Well, it's complicated. And the, the jumping between these topics, you can tell that it is an entire car ride that has been like, compressed into a Mm. few choice exchanges because let's be perfectly honest if you're having a conversation with your taxi driver or like your rideshare driver you'll have that you'll have like 30 seconds of conversation and then like dead silence for another five minutes as you think about what's coming next and they just cut the silence out of it i've been there yeah just because they're pressed for time the first episode alone already kind of covered that while keeping the silence in but yeah we, we could go on and on about this i've only seen the one episode and still we've had just a dialogue for the past five minutes at least um but yeah friendly reminder this is not a bicycle show this is a show that you watch late at night (laughs) like right before you're gonna go to bed and you are like relaxed (laughs) don't watch this show if you're stressed out about something because it'll totally harsh your vibe and it will it it will mess with how the show i think is trying Uh, to portray it forget the bicycle but real challenge is watch this show next time you're in actual taxi or uber (laughs) there we Um, go Get your taxi driver to watch it. Yeah. Who cares about keeping your eyes um, on the road? We have one last uh, entry tonight, which probably going to be a little shorter, brief mention, but I know Nick wanted to talk about it, and I'm admittedly very curious myself, so I do want to talk about it, and that's Pretty Boy Detective Club. Uh, I'm going to hand that over to Nick, because I haven't watched any of it, but I want to hear about it. <laughs> Popcorn Gracie. Okay, my experience, I'll be I'll be real. Gracie showed me the intro and I thought it was amazing. And then Gracie told me a lot of cool things about Pretty Boy Detective Club, so I haven't watched it yet, but <laughs> oh. that's on my plan to watch. <laughs> that's awkward, because I also just misread our little document. I'm like, oh, right, Gracie's watched it too. I mean, it has Pretty Boy in the title, so that makes sense. But <laughs> So the main background, though, I mean, uh, according to Gracie, it's the main writer from the Monogatari mm-hmm. series, and I guess mm-hmm. Gracie says it. Okay, you, you could take it from there, I guess. Oh, I mean, okay. So, um, essentially, yeah, no, it's written. It's an adaptation of uh, a novel series. I am not actually entirely sure if it's a light novel series. I think it might genuinely be a novel novel. So, um, but it's an adaptation of a novel series by the Monogatari uh, author, and it, it's it's his style everywhere like it, it's <laughs> dripping his style it's his his dialogue it's his wacky characters um that are hyperboles but also not hyperboles at the same time and then um and the animation is uh the animation uh, visual storytelling is very very similar to the monogatari series there's a lot of 
different animation styles and how they jump back and forth. And the, um, I think, so the thing is, I wasn't entirely interested in it at first because the synopsis doesn't really do a good job of describing it. it the synopsis quite literally just says there is a group of pretty boys and they solve cases for you. So come in and, and join the pretty boy detective club and they will be of service to you and stuff like that, which doesn't give a lot away. It wasn't until I saw the trailer for it that I was like, wow, this anime is gorgeous like it the art and the scenery and every and the character design is just so unique and and then when I saw different animation style layered in I was like okay yeah just for technical aspects I'm going to have to watch it but it's it's very crazy as you would expect from a Monogatari series um from the Monogatari writer but I'm really enjoying it and it's very stylized and um and yeah I'm having fun with it <laughs> all right sounds good excellent indeed I, I have I have some friends that are watching it. I think I, they haven't opined on it yet, so I'll I'll wait till they get a little further in, and then I guess I'll ask. But by that time, this podcast will be published, so who cares? <laughs> we'll keep a pulse on it. Um, yeah, I think that wraps up just about every uh, spring twenty twenty one anime we wanted to talk about. Um, if we missed your favorite, you know, do let us know in the comments or express your vote on our weekly polls. Because there's a yeah, lot vote for of the shows really that you good like. anime this season. Uh, Gracie's watching like 20, this, this and we probably insane. covered 15 or fewer in two podcast episodes. So, you know, we can't hit them all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as a final disclaimer, remember, only watch anime on stationary exercise bikes. Do not do it in the streets on an actual <laughs> bike. But always wear a helmet when you ride those. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I've been Nettie. And, uh, I'm James. Vote for Odd Taxi. <laughs> I'm Gracie. And I'm Nico. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>